the buy box, this mysterious thing that allows us to sell things on Amazon. My name is Stephen Pope and I'm the founder of my Amazon guy. In this video, I'm going to walk through some of the best practices for the buy box and talk about some of the, the things that actually impact your percentages and your ability to access the buy box. Before I dive into some actual specifics, I do want to reference real quick what the buy box is just on a basic level so everybody's on the same page here. So in the top right of, an, of a detail page listing, there is an actual box. You can see there's lines around this thing. And then in here, there's a buy button. Uh, this is why it's called the buy box. And that's because you literally can buy something and you're in a box. There's a couple of things to keep in mind with this. Uh, you can rotate a buy box with other sellers if somebody's selling the exact same product as you. And in my case, you can also have two people, two SKUs on the same account selling and competing for the buy box. I have a FBA version of the listing as well as a seller fulfilled or merchant fulfilled listing variation. The reason for this is because if I run out of stock at FBA, I have an automatic backup method already ready to go right here. You'll note that I charge $5 extra for that option. And that's basically just in case I get a giant run on my items. Uh, and I have other videos to talk about how to duplicate your SKU safely. This is an ethical play, white hat play, by the way. Um, and it's totally kosher to do these sort of things. Now, if you have three versions, that's when it starts to get gray or black hat. You're not supposed to do that. You're just basically supposed to have one uh, skew per fulfillment method. So if you had two fulfillment methods, or rather two skews with the same fulfillment method, that would not be kosher. Uh, so there are some instances when Amazon's FBA system gets so overwhelmed that they will actually put in the higher priced fulfilled by merchant skew into the buy box here. We've seen that at least three times in the last year. Uh, times where this is likely to happen is around a big holiday push like Prime Day, Black Friday. Uh, you could also see this around um, systemic uh, breakdowns, like their FDA facilities are just completely overwhelmed and they're three days behind. All right, so that's the buy box and a little bit of information about that. Um, there are various cheat sheets around the internet. Uh, I chose to share this one mostly just because of uh, the fact it's a little bit higher PDF quality. Uh, I, I would note that there are some key differences between this one and other ones out there. But in general, most of these cheat sheets are on the same page. Um, we'll have a link to this. So you can check it out yourself. Um, <clears throat> so from top to bottom, you know, you're going to have impact on the very right here where you got very high. And if we scroll all the way down to the bottom, you'll go down to the low section. Uh, so fulfillment method still is the primary deciding factor with a buy box. This is how the, and, and they're going to define this as how the seller ships the item. So various fulfillment methods that you could have fulfilled by Amazon, seller fulfilled prime, seller fulfilled, um, merchant fulfilled, also known as FBM or F, um, and, and, and MFN. So those are various ways you could fulfill something. So typically speaking, uh, FBA is going to win um, and have the highest impact on your buy box at very high. So that time period um, is current. So it's in real time. So the moment your FBA uh, fulfilled inventory checks in, it could have an immediate impact 
onto the buy box. So that one's pretty basic, pretty easy to understand. Landed price, uh, this is uh, a little bit oddly worded, uh, but basically this is just the total price that you're selling the item at. Uh, and obviously a lower price is going to push you higher up in the buy box percentages. Um, and, and so the lower price item will frequently win. But, but notice that you could see a listing where you're a lower price. Maybe you're a penny lower. Maybe you're a dollar lower and you're still not winning the buy box. That is entirely possible. We see that all the time. And, and typically it's because of a combination of other factors from the below that would precede landed price from being high enough to win the buy box for you. So as we kind of go through some of these options, you might see a use case for why landed price wouldn't be enough to win the buy box. So the next one on the list here, number three, is per perfect order percentage. This is the overall percentage of perfect orders. And so if we scroll to the top here, you can see best way to win the buy box. You want to have 100% right there. And for the buy box, you're supposed to have above 95%. Now, this document said that it takes into account the last 90 days. Uh, in other cheat sheets that I've seen circulating the internet, I've seen 60 days. I've seen this, this particular line item here could be a little bit different. Um, how people find out these uh, answers or baselines, they're probably guesstimating uh, based on what they've seen, but they don't know for sure. So take any of these cheat sheets with a, a grain of salt with that in mind. These are not... 100% factuals. These are directionally helpful. Um, but in any case, if you have problems with your inventory, so let's say you had uh, an item that was checked into the wrong SKU and somebody shipped out the wrong SKU and you had well over 5% of the, those uh, orders affect your perfect order percentage, that could start affecting your entire account's buy box. So when those situations arise, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll just ignore it. It'll go away on its own. Well, if you do that, you're going to be paying consequences for two, maybe three months. So you do want to act on that. Sometimes you want to close the listing. Other times you want to ship it back to you. Um, sometimes you want to file a ticket and ask Amazon, hey, can you audit the inventory? Those are the kinds of things that you'd want to do if you have something that's preventing your perfect order percentage. Um, another thing that could happen... So. Uh, I, I love telling this story because, uh, oh my gosh, I can't believe Amazon sometimes. So I'll go to full screen for this. So this is an item that I, I launched about a year ago, uh, sweet heat, hot sauce, and um, well-liked product, got great reviews. But the problem was, is I paid Amazon to do the prep work. And so some of you know where this is going already. Uh, and when I paid Amazon to do the prep work, so they bubble wrap everything, right? And then, and then mind you, this is a five pound bottle, uh, very, very heavy. Like I could lift weights with this. It's so heavy. And they took that bubble wrapped bottle and they freaking threw it into padded envelopes. So, so of course what happened when they put a glass bottle with hot sauce in it into a padded envelope, of course, almost 70% of them broke on the way to the consumer. And so what happened to my perfect order percentage, it just dropped off a cliff, right? Because because the Amazon's incompetent sometimes, right? So even Amazon experts like me, we run into problems like this all the time. And we're just flabbergasted because we're like, I, I couldn't have seen that one coming. I, I can't predict that Amazon's FBA team is going to ship out my glass bottles and padded envelopes. Like who saw that coming, right? But like the only way you can guarantee your items arrive safely to a consumer is to pre-box it yourself. 
And so the lesson learned there was to only count on yourself, never count on Amazon. All right, so back to the list here. Uh, so that's perfect order percentage. We're now going to go down to shipping time. So this is time it takes to ship an item. Uh, and typically, um, another way to look at this is like latency. Uh, this is the time that the order comes in and then it goes out the door. Now, if you're using FBA, then clearly your latency is like four hours because Amazon flips things that quick. But if you're doing like fulfilled by merchant, this has a lot more importance on your rotation, right? So if you're taking three days on your, on your latency, or if you're a drop shipper and you're taking two weeks, well, that's going to be a pretty big problem. So you're going to have a bad rotation on the buy box. Um, I used to work for a lighting company. Um, Dropship was very common, 50,000 SKU kind of business. And, and so sometimes retailers would, would have really long lead times. And then other retailers who took possession of the items and weren't drop shipping would win the buy box or if they were in FBA, for example, and have a lot better uh, time of it because of that. So, so that's a, the current situation there. Um, you can update uh, latency uh, in real time and see an immediate impact to the buy box. So if you are a fulfilled by merchant seller, you're having buy box issues, you came to this video to figure out what's going on, maybe go check your latency and see where it's at. And if you're curious how to get to that latency, you're just going to go to your offer section here. Inside of Solar Central, you're just going to hit edit on your inventory. That'll land you on the offer section by default. As you scroll down, you're going to see something along the lines of handling time. It could be also labeled as latency. Um, it is different depending on which category you're in. So this indicates the time in days between when you receive an order for an item and when you ship the item. The default is one to two business days. Use this field if you expect to take longer than two business days. So I went ahead and manually filled in the number one here um, because that's my ability to get it out the door fast. And that could affect uh, buy box. That could also affect your search results and your SEO values if it's the only option for that. So that's where you'd want to go, come in and edit this. Sometimes if you don't see latency or handling time in your offer section, you might have to go over to the more detail section. Sometimes it's hiding in there depending on which category you're in. All right, so that was shipping time. Let's go to order defect rate. This is negative feedback plus A to Z claims and chargeback rates. So if you have somebody leaving negative feedback, note this is a little bit different than perfect order percentages. Um, so this is literally if you get negative feedback. So what, what, where does negative feedback stack? If you go into um, put your cursor over your, your seller name on a detail page like this, you can see right there I've got 528 five-star average, 100% positive feedback over the last 12 months. Um, so if that percentage was like 85%, for example, that would have a massive impact on buy box rotation. So you do need to be monitoring and managing your seller feedback. Uh, Amazon did take away the ability to um, adjust or respond to product reviews publicly, right? So you used to have the ability to, to, you know, go to your one-star reviews and say, hey, you know, we'll make it right for you. Just reach out, right? So for example, this person wrote not what I was expecting. And for some reason, four people think this is helpful and, you know, no too cute. Like this person barely speaks English, um, but whatever. I can't win them all. Can't make everybody happy. Even though I tracked this person down and I went out and saw that they leave one-star reviews on literally everything they purchase and they're trying to extort sellers. And that's like the MO of this particular person here. Uh, and they're looking for free product and refunds and all that stuff. Even despite all of that, I have not been able to get this product review removed. 
and that's very common, like 3% chance to get a product review removed. You also can't publicly respond to these anymore. You used to do that inside of uh, the brand registry portal. You can now, however, send an automated uh, message asking them a question. And to do that, you're going to go put your cursor over brands, go to the brand dashboard. That'll bring you to this section here. You can go down to customer reviews. And in here, you can see all of the reviews that were left. So as I scroll down here, 554, it was supposed to be a gift. Um, my last wine glass was broke, the one that says we sip on it. And so in here, you see here on the top right, we got a contact customer. You can offer a customer refund or a customer review. Check with your customer to clarify any product issues based on their review. These are two options that are automatically written. Um, and you can see the courtesy refund right there. Um, and then you could also click on customer review and say, Hey, you know, um, we'd like to address any issues you had or concerns you had or whatnot. So you could send these out and try and adjust the, uh, product review. Now, note anything that deals with shipping or logistics, this is a product review that could potentially be contested. Um, still very low percentage. We're talking like 3% chance of getting product reviews removed. So product reviews do not affect the buy box. Only seller reviews affect the buy box. Lastly, on the ordered effect rate, those A to Z claims or chargeback rates. So this is when a customer, you know, gets a fulfilled by merchant item from you and it wasn't what they were expecting. So they filed an A to Z claim to get a refund um, or they charged it back on a credit card. Amazon hates that. They're going to penalize you specifically. Um, and so a lot of the types of clients that I have where this typically affects people the most is when the item is made um, or manufactured by the seller um, or, or it's kitted. And, and so certain categories, ex for example, have certain type of, of buyer demographics where they're more likely to have problems. And so just, you know, some of you that are in those categories know what I'm talking about. Um, and you just have to deal with it and kind of move on. Um, but, but we've had some, some clients or some accounts or brands have massive problems because of two or three A to Z claims or chargeback rates. So we do know that this does have a pretty big impact. You, you can see on the right hand side, they're, they're labeling this as medium. Um, and if you scroll up 1% or less is what they're looking for, um, on ordered effect rates. So pretty big impact. All right, so the next thing is feedback score. So this is the total of all of the feedback the seller has received. Obviously, the more feedback you receive, the better um, and a better percentage. So this correlates to the section where we were on the detail page when you put your cursor on mobster. So I've had 528. If somebody was selling the same item and they had 50,000 reviews, they're going to have a way higher percentage of buy box share, just sheer volume of having the account. So what this particular metric brings up a really good point. Like, uh, would you rather have one giant account on Amazon or have three medium sized accounts? Well, if you were gauging that answer purely based on this metric of feedback score, you'd want one giant account. Now people are going to give uh, their opinions in the comment section on wh where they would head with that. Um, but the point I'm trying to make here is not necessarily one is better than the other. It's kind of a variable decision based on what you're looking to do. For example, if you had um, multiple partners on a particular brand, maybe your partners are different between each brand, you might need to have different accounting and tax infrastructures, right? It obviously makes sense. Other people will say, well, I own all three brands outright. I'm the only 
uh, seller of all of these things. And in those cases, you still may want to have three brand accounts because maybe you'll sell one of those brands off. Maybe um, you like the fact that if one gets suspended, you can still sell on the other ones. Now, account suspensions, not as big of a problem um, these days as they have been in the past. Amazon has really made that process a lot better and in favor of sellers basically since Q4 of 2020. Um, but nonetheless, there's still a lot of perceptions and, you know, hey, I want to be able to sleep at night kind of things. All right. So on-time delivery. So if your, your carrier, your UPS carrier is letting you down, right, like, and you have no control over that, I get it. I totally understand. But there's nothing that you're going to be able to do about this one um, other than the fact that you need to select the right shipping method that the consumer ordered. So if they ordered three days or two days, you better get it there in two days or three days. Um, and, and if you're having a hard time hitting the on-time delivery, you're shipping it on time, but the carrier is not getting it there, then you probably need to lower down the expectations on the page. Um, because you know, if you're not on time by 97%, you could lose the buy box. Now, one of the questions I frequently get is like, Hey, I'm the only seller of an item. Does this buy box stuff matter? Of course it does, because if you don't have these metrics hit, you will lose the buy box on your own listings, despite being the only seller of it. So that's kind of a big point I like to make. Um, and, and all of these metrics still apply to you. All right. So on time delivery, medium value, last 90 days, valid tracking rate. So this is not a problem if you're buying shipping directly out of Amazon they'll automatically produce all of the valid tracking rates. Now, if you're using something like ShipStation or Sellbrite or another program to validly um, push in your tracking information, maybe you integrated directly with Shopify, even though they're getting rid of that in September, um, there's all kinds of things that could affect a valid tracking rate. Maybe you're manually keying these in and dropping them off at the post office and you don't want to have to go back and type them in, whatever it might be. Still important, uh, you need to have at least 95% of your tracking rates to be valid that the consumer knows where the item is. Uh, Amazon does send out notifications depending on where the item is in the shipping and logistics queue. So that's why it's important. Um, I think that this one has become more important in 2021, especially with all of the uh, supply chain woes. I think the supply chain has been a pretty big wreck. I mean, like, I think that the supply chain is probably two years from recovering. Like, I, I, I'm very bearish on the supply chain right now. I think it's going to be in kind of a decimated state for the next two years. So we might see it start to recover at the end of 2023 is kind of my view. Uh, but until then, uh, do expect that it's going to be difficult, right? So there's shortages of truck drivers, the, the, the containers coming out of China are at all-time highs. I, I, I literally had to spend 24 grand on a 40-foot container um, in the last couple of months, which is insane. I used to pay four grand or less, you know, um, coming out of China. So there's all kinds of supply chain woes. These are not just on a global scale. These are also on a local scale. So it's from end to end, there's challenges on supply chain. So just kind of keep that in mind. Um, all right, so let's go down to response time. How long does it take you to respond to a customer? And it says here that the best practice is to go up to 12 hours, but 24 hours or less until they start penalizing you, uh, and they're going to track you for the last 90 days. They're putting this in at a medium status. Now, this might be the first thing in the cheat sheet where I'm not so sure it would be as high as medium. Might be a little bit lower, maybe low 
to medium, um, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, the best thing I can recommend with this is have your, your phone on you. And when you get a seller message, treat it like a text message, respond to it. Um, even if you're hitting that no response needed button because they're asking about an FBA issue, something like that, um, you could always uh, go that route and try and respond to it later. Not necessarily ideal, but it's one method to get around that situation. Um, but yeah, response times, this is a really easy one to manage, probably the easiest one on the list to manage, uh, just simply responding to customer inquiries. Now, because you're selling, most 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 of us anyway, are selling FBA your customer responses are like rare, right? Like you might get one a week, even at a million dollar in in gross sales per year, you might get one a week until Q4 kind of heats up. And that's generally because most time, the only thing that customers want to ask you about is like, where's my stuff? Or I had a problem, right? And with FBA, the, the, the cursory way to solve this is they just ship a new item out and they, they don't worry about any of the, the flack, right? So, for most of us, this isn't something that's too difficult to manage. A couple messages a week, whatever, you're done. Customer feedback, number of customers that have given feedback. So obviously higher is better. And if we scroll up, I th- you know, the difference between a feedback score and a customer feedback uh, could, you know, I think they're pretty similar in nature. Number of customers that have given feedback versus total of all the feedback the seller has received. So they're basically weighting this to say like, hey, more customers giving you feedback is better than, you know, one customer giving 200 reviews, right? So perhaps they added this in as a way to prevent fraudulent, like people from giving themselves 200 five-star reviews and making 200 orders. Um, Not really sure on that one. All right, let's go to the third. The last one here is inventory. How often the seller runs out of inventory? So obviously they want to keep you in stock. Um, They're looking at the last 90 days. Um, this is going to have a low impact. So this is the first one that they put in the low section. Um, and and the reason why I think this one probably does deserve to be in low is because, again, supply chain, giant wreck of late, so many things going on with supply chain. When you go into the Christmas season, I personally predict in 2021 that we're going to see massive stockouts and massive shortages. So when you're thinking about Q4 strategy, I would consider you know not discounting this year. Um, and instead just focus on keeping inventory in stock, right? Like raise your prices to keep your stuff in stock if you have to. But, you know, if you really want to plan ahead, maybe the best option is to buy more inventory this year, right? So I think the concept of just-in-time supply chain management is dead. And so how to solve for that? Go buy at least a year's supply of inventory and hold on to it. Put it in your 3PL warehouse and be able to ship it yourself, um, they are counting this against FBA as well. Uh, so if you're running out of stock in FBA, this could also affect your IPI score, uh, which is why it's on the list of your IPI. Although it is fourth on the list, it's the least important um, compared to the list. All right, second to last, cancellation rate. How often a seller cancels an order? And so obviously their target's 0%, but they're, they're going to get a little bit of grace here up to 2.5%. Um, so why would somebody cancel an order? Well, if your latency is set to 10 days and people are like, WTF, why haven't you shipped my crap? I'm going to cancel the order. That's, that's kind of, um, a lagging indicator of your latency setting. Um, and I would say that's the number one problem with people canceling orders is generally because of shipping timeframes. It's not because somebody bought the item 
Um, you know, like my wife's notorious with this, right? Like she'll buy a couch, she'll buy whatever, and then it'll arrive and then she changes her mind and buy something else. And then she's like, well, I'm really glad I bought the wrong item. Cause now I really know which one I want. Right. It's like, it's like you're at a fork in a road. You, you take the left path and you're like, oh, oh my gosh, this dead ends in a mile. And you're like, why did, you know, why did I go down that path? But then you go down the right path and you're like, oh, this is six miles in. I'm really glad I took the wrong path first because if I hadn't have taken the wrong path first, I wouldn't know I was on the right path kind of question mark, right? Um, I know it's kind of a weird analogy, but that's kind of the same idea. I don't think that really happens too much on Amazon um, unless you're in a category like furniture. Uh, but in any case, that brings us to our last one today, and that's the refund rate. This is also going to be a low impact. How often customers ask for a refund, obviously lower is better, last 90 days, and low on the impact here. So um, these are all the things that can affect a buy box. Um, if you think there's something that's not on this list that should be on this list, add it to the comment section. Um, I'm sure a few people will bring up a few things. So after you watch this video, go read the comments, see if there's anything else you can gain from it. Add your own commentary. Let me know what you think. Um, I think uh, there's a lot of different cheat sheets out there that can affect the buy box. Um, and in general, most of us aren't too worried about this. Um, I guess one other thing I'll mention, there are some you know, questions that come in about buy box percentage being tracked incorrectly in the business reports. We don't really have an answer on that one. Um, so for example, you'll go in there and be like, it's 97%. And every time I check it, it's always there. I don't understand. Well, there could be some geopolitical, um, geo uh, locations rather that have um, a lack of buy box for various reasons that could be impacting this. Um, on the business reports, but there really isn't any data on that. Nobody really knows anything further on those questions. We've pressed Amazon on the question. They just give us a bunch of copy and paste responses. So nothing to report there. My name is Stephen Pope. I'm the founder of my Amazon guy. We have tons of videos related to buy box. We have other videos related to parentage and advertising. Feel free to hit that sub button and check out some of our other videos here. Thanks so much for watching.